Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by, powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is talk radio to thrive by. And I want to welcome everyone to the show today, and uh, I want to say to everybody out there, our theme for this year is Bust Out of the Gate in 2008. This means that you get to live your best life, the life that you've always desired to live, and you do it in the way that you've always wanted to do it. We are so thrilled to have this theme already this year, and um, all of you that have tuned into the show express how absolutely delighted you are with that. As a matter of fact, I want to thank Michelle. She uh, she made this incredible pin that you can put on your shirt or your jacket, and it's actually a, a, a handcrafted pen that shows busting out of the gate in 2008. So, now, if you think she's excited about this, let me tell you that we are as well. This is for us the year to help people take action in their lives. We've done a lot of studying, a lot of talking, but what's the thing that you want to do in this life and how can we help you do it? If you check us out on our website, www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com, you'll see there are lots of things that we have uh, coming to you in 2008. And, and I want to say that we are bringing the people that you have requested to the conversation, people like my guest today. Uh, and, you know, my fascination with this whole idea of growing up and being a little bit different comes from my own personal history of growing up in a time where being a geek was not not really fashionable. And getting kind of picked on, being looked at as being a little bit different, maybe having your socks not match uh, on different days of the week. And now I do that on purpose. Well, my guest today has written two incredible books on what it means to be a geek in a lot of different ways. Now, whether you've watched it on television or you plug into Ugly Betty or you see Beauty and the Geek, there is a new conversation happening. And my guest, Laura Preble, has written two incredible books, The Queen Geek Social Club and Queen Geeks in Love. And this is a journey into the what I like to think is the wondrous world of young geeks in modern America. And so she's joining us here today to talk about the books and talk about what this means. Laura, thank you so much for joining the show. Oh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, here you are. You're a journalist, a high school teacher, uh, and a writer from San Diego. And you admit that you are a geek yourself and have been since birth, even. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably very true. Did you pop out with two different colored socks or what? I probably did. In fact, I was laughing when you said that because when I met my husband, I had on two different colored socks. Uh, well, 
But you, you, and you know, it, it's really interesting if you come from that place, and 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 some folks, I guess, do this on purpose now. But you know what? I I don't know. I just kind of did it. I didn't know if it was on purpose or not. I didn't think twice about it. Yeah. Is that sort of the trademark of being a geek? Well, you know, in my in my opinion, and of course this is my opinion, and the girls in the books that I've written, they don't do it, you know, I don't think they do it as a statement or anything. It's just who they are. And I, got, I think that the, the hallmark of it is that they really don't apologize for who they are. They're just okay with that. And even though they don't quite fit into the, you know, cheerleader or student government uh, paradigm of what a lot of kids see as the, you know, the ultimate in high school, they are okay with that. They're not, um, I think in the old days when I was a geek in high school it was kind of you know you you sort of apologized for it you sort of felt like oh i shouldn't i should be like these other people but i'm not oh well and these girls are just more like well i'm not like them and that's great and i'm going to find other people who are you know who feel the same way and that's what they do in the books which i think is really the cool part of it it is a cool part of it and what and you know i wanted to ask you about the fascination with uh, with geeks, so to speak. I mean, I think we've seen a number of different shows kind of hit the uh, the air in mainstream America, mm-hmm. and have people sort of, you know sort of embrace this idea. I think one of the shows, Beauty and the and, and the Geek, mm-hmm. is one of those shows where they actually pit contrasts each other to demonstrate where people are in their lives. Let's take a short break, Laura, and when we come back, we'll talk about that very idea. And I wanted to get your perspective on a show like Beauty and the Geeks. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with my very special guest today, Laura Preble is joining me here today. As I said before, we're talking about the Queen Geek Social Club and Queen Geeks in Love, two incredible books. We'll be right back. Sometimes your favorite shows on HealthyLife.net are on when you're busy. Maybe you're working, sleeping, exercising, eating, or meditating, and forget to listen to your favorite Healthy Life hosts. Now there's a solution. You can record or schedule a recording time of any of our radio shows direct to your PC. Then listen on your PC to the show anytime or convert the file to an MP3 and download it to your iPod or MP3 player. The iSound WMA MP3 Recorder 6.57 software offered by Abyss Media is easy to use and affordable for only $29.95. Plus, if you have any problems, you can receive free email technical support. Speaking of technical information and general info on how to order the iSound WMA MP3 Recorder 6.57 software, you can get all of that information right on our website at HealthyLife.net. You don't have to miss your favorite show ever again. Plus, you can download your favorite show and take it anywhere you want. Order the iSound WMA MP3 recorder right from HealthyLife.net today. Naturally, you make a strong statement about who you are with fabulous new clothing, shoes, bedding, and more from Eddie Bauer, the essential brand of quality apparel and gear with the up-and-coming and those who have already arrived. Today's generation knows that Eddie Bauer is the source for everything casual, comfortable, and with a flair for the entire family. Shop anytime, day or night, at eddiebauer.com, an affiliate of HealthyLife.net. And don't forget, Eddie Bauer gift certificates make the perfect statement, too. Now available at eddiebauer.com. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. 
everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Yeah, whether you're a geek in love or trying to fit in someplace, we've got a story for you. But then again, you already know your story. Uh, joining me here today is a woman that knows a lot about being a geek. Being a geek from birth, that's what uh, her life was all about. Laura Preble is joining me here today. She has written uh, two books uh, so far, and I can't wait for her to continue, The Queen Geek Social Club and Queen Geeks in Love. And, you know, Laura, thank you again for joining us here today. What do you think is causing the fascination right now in a group of people that we refer to as geeks? And you and I talked about this, you know, kind of being born uh, with with putting on, uh, in our minds, it wasn't wrong socks. I mean, Yeah, born with two wrong socks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, that, that looks good to me. Off yeah. I go. Well, I think the fascination is partly because um, the things that used to be the territory of geeks, like, uh, you know, computers and computer games and right. things like that, that is so in the mainstream now. Um, you know, everyone is on the Internet, and, every you know, a lot of people play video games or are into that sort of entertainment. So um, I think that a lot of the things that used to be, you know, singularly geeky are now just part of the culture. And so those people who were into that stuff before it was really mainstream are kind of, you know, folk heroes, you know, they know how to do do all those things, and, you know, like the Geek Squad at the, whatever it is, Best Buy, where you, you call and they come and fix your stuff, and um, and I think that also with, you know, things on TV, like like you were saying, Ugly Betty and some of those other shows, the science fiction type shows like Lost and, and Supernatural, I think people want... Um, they want something a little bit deeper than just, you know, Survivor. I think a lot of people want something a little more complex. And mm-hmm. I think things that are usually associated with geeks, you know, are more complex usually. You know, they like to think. They like to question and talk about things. And I think that's why a lot of geeks are drawn to science fiction and anime and those kinds of things. I have to tell you that... Um I went, you know, I went and I looked at some of the characters, and I want to talk about the the different characters mm-hmm. in the book. But I loved looking at the profiles, and as I looked at the profiles, I'm I'm so relating to some of the things they have in their locker. <laughs> For the locker, the day the earth stood still. So Who doesn't love that movie? I totally love that movie. I freak people out because I can quote it, and like I know all the details <laughs> that my people I work with, that, you know. <laughs> At my school, or just like, wow, you really are a geek, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> well, you know, you're in a different class when you go to a movie and somebody says to you, "What's your favorite movie ever?" Mm-hmm. and you stop and you answer, "Oh, The Crawling Eye." Of course, <laughs> The Crawling Eye. Of course, that that's you know, what other movie is there? I mean, that just and everybody looks at you and then slowly walks away. Yes, exactly. Except for the geeks, and they don't. And that's the girls in the book. That's what they do. They sort of find each other through these weird means, and they actually have science fiction parties, you know, where they sit around and watch old. 50s science fiction, some of which is really, you know, really bad, but that's why it's fun, you know. Well, for the first time this year, um, for those people that uh, are plugged into what we're talking about and understand what it's like to wake up in the morning and get dressed and walk out the door as a young, a young teen and forget to comb your hair, we absolutely know what that means. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really that important. And so, you know, for those people that are listening, uh, you know, Laura, one of the things that many people were struck by this year on the show Beauty and the Geek was that for the first time, you know, traditionally all of the geeks are boys or men. Mm-hmm. But for the first time, they introduced a woman mm-hmm. 
uh, and, you know, there was very mixed interest in that. Do you think that we have sort of a gender discrimination? <laughs> I think it's, it's probably true. Um, it's less so than it used to be. I know that when I was in high school, um, you know, it was okay to be a boy kind of nerd or a geek and, you know, be into the chess club, but, you know, girls didn't do that. That is, and if you were one, which I was, you just sort of hit it, you know? You didn't really advertise it to people. I used to, I worked in a library and I used to sit under, in the basement where the magazines were and hide and read, uh, like Amazing Stories magazine. And, you know, I did, I did a lot of those things, but I think today there are a lot more girls involved. And I, and I do think there's a prejudice against that a little bit in the mainstream, but in the geek world, I don't think so. I mean, if you go to Comic-Con, I don't know, do you know what that is? You probably do if you're a geek. You know, Comic-Con is uh, the big convention. They have it here in San Diego and other places where they have, um, Science fiction and, and comics, and it's a, it's totally a geek festival. Oh yeah, I mean, it, you, you know, if you're sitting here and you're listening to the show, and you say to yourself, "Oh, do I have a collection of comic books mm-hmm. that go back to?" Uh, raise your hand, everyone. Yeah, we action figures. <laughs> yeah. I actually have literary action figures in my in my classroom. <laughs> yeah. I do. I have a girl and Poe, and I have Dins, and I have all kinds of funny things. But well, I th- there are a lot of girls into that now. I mean, you see a lot of girls at Comic-Con. It's not just boys. Well, exactly. And, you know, I think that seems to be the shift. I mean, certainly when we're looking at a show like Ugly Betty, mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't want to just grab a hold of her and squeeze her cheeks? I know. <laughs> just say, thank you for being who you are. That's her appeal, I think, is that she is who she is, and she doesn't apologize for it. And I think that's why I, I think that's why other, you know, especially kids resonate with the characters in, the, in my books. Is that I, I get emails all the time, and I just did a visit the other day at a library, and these you know, girls are always coming up to me and saying, "Oh, I'm just like this," or "I'm just like Shelby," and my friends are just like the, you know, and they really resonate with that. So I know that those girls are out there, you know. So let's talk for a few minutes. Let's talk a little bit about the characters because okay. I think it's. I think they are so fun, so delightful. I'd love to share a little bit about them uh, with our listeners. Well, Shelby is the main character, and she's the narrator of the books, and so she you hear her voice when mm-hmm. you read it. Um, and she has a lot of internal um, meanderings and thinking. And she's, you know, she's a confident geek, although her in the first book, in Queen Geek Social Club, her big... Um, deficit in life is that she doesn't have a best friend you know she kind of wants one she's friends with a lot of people you know she's acquainted with many people but no no best friend and in high school that's really kind of a big deal you know you want that so becca who's the other primary character comes to her school as a new student and becca is this sort of tall uh blonde spiked hair dragon tattoo on her leg kind of a force of nature you know and they meet, and um, Becca convinces her that they need to start this Queen Geek Social Club so that they can find others of their own kind. Um, and so that's how it starts. And they and they start attracting other girls who are similar, although they're all individual. You know, they're not all the same. They're not cookie cutter people, but they they share the idea that they um, want to be unique and they don't want to apologize for that. And and that's when things start getting really fun, is because they start drawing in other girls and uh, who can all contribute various individual things to the group and then they start doing some really fun things well it, you know each each of the characters has a very unique uh what i'd say unique personalities but more importantly a unique set of values and principles and that's what i love i mean at some level we we cross categories and we we say oh they're you know these are the folks that we call geeks but 
you know, they're they're each very, very different, mm-hmm. and their styles are different, but right. they have that one thing in common. And I think that one thing, uh, and, and I'd love to hear your thought about this, the one thing is they, they're okay with being different. Right. Well, that's true, and they are, and they are each in, unto themselves unique, you know. I mean, Shelby is really um, a lot more insecure within herself, even though she outwardly presents confidence, and Becca is just, you know, very confident and wants basically kind of global domination for geeks. And then there's, you know, a couple of other characters, Amber, who is another color of geek, basically. She's kind of the goth poet. Um, they call them emo at, at school. You know, girl, kids who are sort of, you know, dark clothing and all about, you know, Edgar Allan Poe. And then, and then Elisa, who's another character who is short and kind of overweight and into numbers and organizing. And so they all are very different kids and the way they speak is different. And, but they all bond together in this idea of let's, you know, let's get together and be who we are individually, but work as a group to do things. Like they, um, they have a campaign for calories where they collect Twinkies to send to a modeling agency because they think it's wrong that they have all these uh, skinny models that are bad role models for girls, you know. So they, they want to do something, want to change their world. Now, I have to ask you this question because I so related to these characters. And I, I started to read this, and, I, and honestly, I, I hadn't really thought of myself as a geek, per se, because I think I had a different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, that I have to ask you is, did you actually, when you got assignments in school, mm-hmm. did you actually um, read Edgar Allan Poe as part of your assignment? Oh, yeah. Oh, I my did. God, I did, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, I read Edgar Allan Poe, and I, you know, I had all kinds of interesting, I mean, I loved reading, and I loved I, I'm probably the only kid in high school that read everything. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know, there were a few people that did. But I was voracious about reading, um, and I was totally obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe. I loved his stuff. I thought it was really fun and interesting. And, and I was I was obsessed with Shakespeare. I watched all the BBC productions of Shakespeare. I mean, I, w- I was really a textbook geek, you know. Um, and the characters are, you know, they're not all like that, of course. Like, Amber's the one that's really into Edgar Allan Poe, and the rest of them are kind of like, okay, well, that's what you want to do. That's fine. You know, they're not all into it. But um, she is. But they're all into other things. Like uh, like Shelby has, um, she has a robot, which is kind of unusual. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I totally related to that. I love the. I want a robot. That's why I wrote it. I was like, I want a robot, and I can't have one, so I'm going to write it that way. Um, and people have funny reactions. Her name is Euphoria, and some people really love that character, and other people who are a little more linear get really bugged by it and say, well, no one has a robot. <laughs> Most people like it, though, I think. Well, you know, and, and, and who has a mad scientist type dad? Not well. Well, you know, and so I think that's part of, that's part of the, the what I think is the getting to know each characterness of this. I mean, it really is in some ways, you know, Laura, in some ways, Everything I've read about the characters, I've related to in some way. I mean, there's just been like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then at the same time, there is this other perspective where you get to say, wow, who has that? But you know what? If someone was going to have something like a robot, it would be a geek, right? It would absolutely be that. Um, You know, this has been, for me, uh, such a, a wonderful, wonderful conversation about certain types of, 
of young people that get classified as what we know today as geeks. And for us, it is very freeing to have this conversation with you, Laura, because it comes from a place of empowerment and not a place of put-down. When we come back, we're going to be talking to uh, Laura Preble, who is my guest today. She is the author of The Queen Geek Social Club and Queen Geeks in Love. When we come back, we're going to be talking about identity and self-esteem and what these books represent. And perhaps we'll find out which one of the characters Laura is. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. Do you or a loved one have chronic pain? ABC Health Solutions introduces Ferroblock, a fabric that relieves chronic pain with no side effects. Ferroblock's unique construction of micro-thin stainless steel and nylon interrupts EMFs, or high-frequency waves, from damaging our cells, causing inflammation and pain. Call 253-631-8270 or visit abchealthsolutions.biz to see a short video regarding Ferroblock. That's abchealthsolutions.biz. Learn how to balance mind, body, and heart during your own renaissance and improve the quality of your life and those around you. Bust the crust of your egoic thinking. Michael Nardi, the Renaissance Man, author of the new book, Stop Thinking, Start Living, and Begin Celebrating Every Moment, tells the story of his mother-in-law, Mama Jay, her miracle, and how he stopped thinking and how he celebrates every moment. Check out michaelnardi.com. That's michael, N-A-R-D-I.com. From a place of special energy, the Sedona tools are specially crafted to work with the disruptive emotional energies of traumatic experience. You can release and resolve the past, move gracefully through the present, and attract the future you wish with power that's already yours. Your intent and creative visualization now work with the right tools. Visit thesedonatools.com. That's the S E D O N A Tools.com. What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. You're listening to CHSR Real Radio on the web. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I am here today with Laura Preble. She has written two books that I I relate to uh, extremely well. And before we go forward, I want to give you the website that you could check out. Uh, lots of really cool information. You could even check out what is in the lockers of each of the characters. You can go to www.queengeeksocialclub.com. That's queengeeksocialclub.com and check it out. You know, Laura, I was talking before the break that, um, uh, about the different characters, but you know, the question I think I have is, 
did you relate to one of these characters, all of these characters? Which one of the characters that you've written about do you relate, I guess, closest to? Well, it's, you know, I think writers always, you know, write who they are into their books, I think. And I did that, I know. I, th- I, I would guess that Shelby is closest to who I am because we share a lot of similarities. I did not have a mad scientist dad or a robot, but <laughs> we have a lot of things in common. I, um, Shelby uh, begins the story with her mother has died previously a few years before. And when I wrote Queen Geek Social Club, my mom had actually just passed away about a year before that. So that kind of colored who she was and uh, who Shelby was and her experiences a little bit, but also who I was in high school, even though I was not confident in any way in high school. I was one of those people who just apologized for living. I was just really like, don't look at me. And um, So Shelby has an aspect of that to her where she is constantly overthinking things and um, you know, overanalyzing, and I do that. I still do that, unfortunately. <laughs> and, but also, she I think she has a good sense of humor and kind of an unusual outlook on things, and so that's really who I am, too. Um, but, you know, really, all the girls, I'm, I have a part of them in me. You know, Becca is is the one who's very out there and confident, just, you know, unapologetically fierce, and that's kind of who I wish I were <laughs> more often. Um, and then Amber is that dark poet girl, and that's, I mean, I, I have an aspect of that where I like Edgar Allan Poe, and I like uh-huh. to write, you know, dark poetry. And, and then Elisa is the one who's kind of overweight, and that's, I was that in high school, so I dealt with that issue. And unfortunately, I'm not organized like she is. I wish I were, but I'm not. So, yeah, they all relate to me in some way. Well, I, I think the characters really point to, and I'm sure that many of you that are listening to the show, once you go to the website, you'll be able to check this out more. And if you read the books, you will definitely be able to, to relate to this and smile at the same time. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you look at Shelby, uh, you know, reading Lord of the, R- the Rings so many times, right? Yeah. That I think the comment is that I could practically birth a hobbit. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, th- this is, this is such, uh, for me, this is so refreshing because there are so many times in my own life where I've thought uh, about whether it's, you know, the characters in uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still or The Crawling Eye or whatever that is, where we could actually visualize our lives in a very, what I would say, expansive way, an imaginative way, but yet be really concerned about the things of this earth. And mm-hmm. that's what I think these characters also represent. At some level, it seems like they're out on a limb, that they're stretched out very far in terms of the rest of society, mm-hmm. of where they are. But yet, at the same time, they're also very plugged in to very important issues, things that matter. Yeah, I think that's really true. And these girls are certainly like that. I mean, they are plugged into things that matter. and. And what, they want to do good in the world. I mean, there's an aspect of them that they want to, not only, you know, for themselves and the people that they know and the girls who are like them, but they want things to go well in the world. And I think that's something that, actually, there are more teenagers out there that are like that than people would think. Um, I think that the impression of teenagers today is really that they're, you know, selfish and plugged in and all these things. And certainly there are many of them like that. But there are also a lot who are, you're very concerned about the world. You know, on our campus, we have kids who do recycling um, on their own time, you know, do uh, in, Invisible Children's Club for the children in Darfur. They have 
a sock drive, you know, collect socks for people who are homeless and don't have socks, and food drives it. I don't remember any of that in high school. When I was in school, I don't remember kids doing that sort of thing. You know, so I do think there are a lot of kids and the kids, the girls in my book who want things to be better for the world. You know, they care about larger things than just themselves, which I think is really important. Well, it is, and and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, the idea, you know, we see some of these incredible ideas, some some social action that is being taken, and uh, we see so many young people come to the forefront, either with great ideas or great inspiration to take action in this life. Yeah. And it is it is refreshing to see that there are champions that. Um, transcend age, as I like to think about it. You know, it's not our age that determines our power in this world. Mm-hmm. What would you say it is for these young people? The ones that I know, the, mm-hmm. the real people, or the yep. ones in the book? I'd like to know both. Um, I think what it is that gives them the desire to do it is, well, with, with real students, I think part of it is their awareness because they're so plugged in now. Um, you know, the Internet makes things instantly available and because of that they see a lot more information than they maybe did when you know when I was in high school students didn't have that so I think they're more aware of the deficits of the world so that's one thing um, I also think that they've been raised you know within a generation where the 60s was a legacy where that was you know that social action part of the 60s is something that is now kind of a legend, and I think that appeals to a lot of them, and they want to do that. Um, I also think they just they see that our world, especially our country, I think, is not the best it could be. And rather than complain about it and say, well, it's just it's horrible and there's nothing we could do, they want to do something. They want to vote. They want to... Um, I mean, I think we're going to see a big turnout in, in young voters in this election coming up in November. I think it's going to surprise people how many of them vote. Because they they want to change, you know, whatever way they vote, they want something to change, and they want their voices to be heard. Well, I I I, I agree. I mean, I I I think that this is. Uh, we're, what we're seeing is young people in action, really, and, and I don't think that just, uh, you know, what they do to help people rebuild homes or, you know, bail hay to, to get to some of the floods under control. I mean, I don't believe that those are just the things that we're seeing emerge from a young population. I think that what you talked about in terms of going to the voting polls is going to be extremely profound. Yeah, I think it's going to be very unusual, and I think that's one reason maybe that some of the polls are so off because I don't, they don't talk to those, they don't talk to young people. I don't. Oh think. no, they don't think they vote. Right. But that's. I think that's really skewing a lot of polls because they're not even talking to those people. But they're the ones that have the power to really shape things. There are a lot of them, and if they choose to, they can make a huge difference. You know, and I think I think they're more inclined to do that now than they used to be. What what do you see in your day-to-day life, Laura? What do you see in your day-to-day life that either supports the different characters in the book um, or uh, actually uh, doesn't support them in the way that we're living our lives right now? Do you think geeks make up a large part of our young people in some way? I'm not sure it's a large part. Um... I think it's a small but vocal and powerful part. Uh-huh. In fact, I have, if I look out my window in my office, I have a little herd of geeks in my room right now. <laughs> they, 
they're all they just busted in and they said, "Where's Preble?" And they're they're right <laughs> little geek herd, you know. Um, Do they know you're doing a show? I just opened the door and kind of waved at them and went, "I'm on the phone." So yeah, they kind of know, but. <laughs> They're not my students. They're just my little herd of geeks that come in the morning and hang out. So. How fun. Maybe we'll get them on the air. Let's take, oh, um, sure let's, take a, let's take a short break. When we come back, more with the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Uh, and when we're going to come back, when we come back, we're going to be talking about geeks and love. This was such a traumatic experience for me. Uh, someone who many thought lived on another planet. We'll be <laughs> right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Revitalize your soul with Wayne Dyer, Robert Holden, Doreen Virtue, Marianne Williamson, Greg Braden, and your other favorite Hay House authors on a day or weekend retreat in Las Vegas. It's the annual I Can Do It conference on June 26th through 29th at the Sands Expo, and it's packed with inspiring keynote lectures, interactive workshops, autograph sessions, exhibitors, and more than 35 best-selling authors. Tickets start at only $75. Call 800-654-5126 or visit ICanDoIt.net. Kick off your enlightenment with Carrie's 12 Steps to Enlightenment workshop. Carrie O'Connor, master visionary, medium, and clairvoyant, uses her amazing psychic gifts to help you step into your divine power and begin to create the life of your dreams. This two-hour teleclass is on February 23rd at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Call 860-887-1201 to register for the 12 Steps to Enlightenment teleclass. Or visit KerryO'Connor.com. That's K-E-R-R-I-E-O-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. Chocolate. Not only sensual, but powerful. Shasai Dark Unprocessed Chocolate. Highest level of antioxidants in a simple food. Did you know science has shown dark chocolate could help you lose weight? Did you know that you can actually improve your overall health by eating dark chocolate? Or that you can enjoy eating chocolate three or more times a day, guilt-free? Did you know that chocolate actually has a bliss factor? Life with chocolate couldn't be sweeter. Lifewithchocolate.net Frequency, made with marine phytoplankton, is taking the world by storm. This live, raw, gluten-free, whole food liquid raises your vibration and nourishes your body at the cellular level. It provides 400 times more energy than any other plant and is 90 to 99% absorbable. Find out more about this powerful and loving product by calling 877-428-7379 and ask for a free sample. Visit wholefoodliquid.com. Naturally, you make a strong statement about who you are with fabulous new clothing, shoes, bedding, and more from Eddie Bauer, the essential brand of quality apparel and gear with the up-and-coming and those who have already arrived. Today's generation knows that Eddie Bauer is the source for everything casual, comfortable, and with a flair for the entire family. Shop anytime, day or night, at eddiebauer.com, an affiliate of HealthyLife.net. And don't forget... Eddie Bauer gift certificates make the perfect statement, too. Now available at eddiebauer.com. You choose. Programs you want, never anything you don't. The way radio should be. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Yeah, I outed myself today. I absolutely uh, declare that, yep, 
being born with two different socks on. Now I wear two different color socks whenever I feel like it. That's me. And I wanted to say that, you know, part of the journey that I've grown up with is understanding that everything about me is absolutely perfect. And that's what this show is about today with Laura Preble. We're talking about uh, individuals that understand exactly who they are from the very core of their being, stand tall, stand proud, and make sure that the folks around them know that life is truly a bowl of cherries in a lot of ways. But let's talk a little bit about love, because I don't know about you, Laura. It was okay about the socks, but, man, did I have a tough time when it came to social events and love. And now I know we're being joined by a number of your friends uh, today on this segment of the of the call. So I'd love everyone out there that's listening with you, Laura, to say hello to all of our listeners. Hello. <laughs> so let me ask everyone on the call right now. You know, it's my geek posse. How how is how does love factor into the world of being a geek? Well, <laughs> they're all laughing because that's such a thing with them. They're all in love. Do you want me to answer that? Or do you, you, them wait, you start first, and then any okay. anyone else, any one of them can chime in. Okay. Well, I think geeks. It's very difficult for geeks to find others of their kind with which they can uh, be compatible. Is that true? Yeah. It's hard. Well, if you're a geek, you can't just date anyone. I mean, there's special requirements, right? Aren't there? Oh, her boyfriend's calling. Just a minute. Um, no, I think it's hard because finding people who are like you and who. Um, you know, who share your interests is very tough for anybody, but with geeks, I think it's especially tough just because there's a smaller pool to draw from. You know, there aren't as many of them as there are football and ASB people, so it's harder to find people. So what do you guys think? Pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it hard to find people that work with you, I mean, that oh. fit you? Yeah. 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 It's very, because there's a smaller pool, right? Yeah, but yeah. like... And they have to be at least somewhere as smart as you. That's really. hard, yeah. And in the, in the current America, that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> you find it hard? No, but there's not enough people. I'm not getting somebody who's as smart as me. I go for dumb guys. <laughs> Brandy? Yes? Would you like to speak about this topic? This is so very much on your mind. Lauren. Cool. Okay. All right. The coolest one. Anybody else? Okay. She's the coolest one here. Okay. I think they're, I think, I think they're finished. I'll come back to you. I think they're done. They're all looking at me kind of like, ah. <laughs> well, you know, what I love is that, you know, we, we really are connecting with people and, uh, you know, young people and parents alike to understand that, you know, geek is, you know, being classified or called a geek, that, you know, that categorization that we've put on people that, uh, you know, quirky maybe the word, uh, you know, our friends are looked at like they're from another planet just as mm-hmm. we are in our families. But, you know, there's room here to make sure that we don't trade love in for characterizations of things. What I love about what you're doing and what I love about what I just heard <laughs> is these are individuals that are confident in who they are. That's what I think is different about your message and about what I'm, I just heard. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it is different, and I think that comes from, well, I think it, I mean, I feel like as an adult, it's really a great, a great privilege for me to be able to help kids 
be okay with who they are. I think that's a huge mission of, of teachers. I mean, I teach, of course, a subject. I teach English. But I think even more than that, it's important for them to see that there are all kinds of people in which whoever you are is okay. And I don't think, sometimes I don't think adults really talk about that a lot. You know, there's no room for it. We're all obsessed with testing and with other things. And so I, I like being able to interact with kids like this, like in the morning before they go to class, and they talk to me about things that, that are going on, and they, they see that, you know, I'm kind of like they are, and I've been successful, and so it's okay for them to be who they are, and that's all right. You know, I'm not saying I, I work any magic or anything, but I think for kids that age, it's really important to have adults who listen to them and, and validate who they are, you know. And, I, and so those kids who have that, I think, are much more confident with who they are. Well, absolutely, and, you know, looking back, you know, I, I certainly can relate to, to growing up and what it, you know, what it felt like to be different, uh, and that's the question that I want to ask you. Do, you. do you think that with all of the shows that are on television, all of this sort of mainstream focus on what we're referring to as, uh, you know, geeks in society, is helping them or is it is it putting them in another separate category only to be put there for judgment and um, some some unkind words? Mm. Well, I, I think it's probably a little of both. I think mm -hmm. that in some ways they feel good seeing themselves reflected in the media because, you know, the media is a huge part of life and when you don't see yourself in it, I, I think there's a feeling of I don't quite belong. Um, so I think in that sense it's nice for them to see uh, you know, people like Ugly Betty and Chuck and all these other characters in science fiction type shows that they like and go, oh, look, I'm not alone. There are other people like me. So that's good. But then I also think there's still, even when you watch those TV shows, those characters are still a bit ridiculed. I mean, people look at Ugly Betty and go, gosh, what's wrong with her clothes and what's wrong with her? And, you know, and uh, so I think they still get that message that maybe that isn't mainstream and maybe there's a little bit something wrong with that. Um, but, you know, I think they're generally able to get past that. Um, I, I do think, though, if you're a person who doesn't fit in high school, it's always hard. Even if you have a good supportive group of friends, you're always going to feel that a little, that sting a little bit. Like, well, I'm not the cheerleader. I'm not popular with everybody in the school, you know, and, and that. And I don't think it matters how good you feel about yourself. There's a, there's a little bit of a sting to that if you feel like you're not part of the main group. Um, I think the trick is to be able to admit that, that there's a little sting to that and then go, well, but I have this other stuff. I have these other people that care about me and know me, and that's okay, and I don't need that. Um, and that's what I hope that I hope that my book helps kids do that. I mean, in a in a fun way, you know, in a way that makes them laugh. Well, I think you you've created four powerful uh, characters in the book, and the reason I say that is that um, there. I think each of us look for role models, so to speak. I know that the the term role model is overused in our society, but I don't believe it is when it comes to our young people. And what I mean by that is, you know, there. There are, there are folks that we relate to and we say, wow, you know, that person is somewhat like I am and they're pretty okay. And so it's interesting to really look at the characters that, that you've created and their voice and the power of who they are. And to have young people relate to that, I think, is a way for them to find their own voice. 
and tall and confident in what they do. Mm-hmm. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with Laura Preble. As I said before, lots of information on the website, queengeeksocialclub.com, queengeeksocialclub.com. Check it out. Check out the blog and get a copy of the books. We'll be right back when we come back. Let's talk with Laura about how her personal life developed, how her life and being a geek relates to some of the issues current in today's society. We'll be right back. Revitalize your soul with Wayne Dyer, Robert Holden, Doreen Virtue, Marianne Williamson, Greg Braden, and your other favorite Hay House authors on a day or weekend retreat in Las Vegas. It's the annual I Can Do It conference on June 26th through 29th at the Sands Expo, and it's packed with inspiring keynote lectures, interactive workshops, autograph sessions, exhibitors, and more than 35 best-selling authors. Tickets start at only $75. Call 800-654-5126 or visit ICanDoIt.net. The 8th Annual Conscious Life Expo and Film Festival is coming up February 8th through the 11th at the Los Angeles Hilton. And it promises to be a bigger success than ever before. Bringing together cutting-edge leaders and lecturers. Confirmed speakers include Byron Katie, Gay Hendricks, Peaceful Warriors Dan Millman, best-selling authors Daniel Brinkley and Lynn Andrews, Eric Pearl, Dr. Joe Dispenza, celebrity psychic Linda Drake, and author and personality Vaishali. That's just some of the many guest lecturers that'll be there. Enjoy a comedy night, conscious business symposium, and music throughout the entire weekend. Not only will you be able to mingle with like-minded people, you'll be able to enhance your own self-growth by being at one of the largest premier mind, body, and spirit events in the United States. Go to ConsciousLifeExpo.com or call 800-367-5777 for early booking. For more info, visit ConsciousLifeExpo.com. What's ahead for you or your business in 2008? Get your custom roadmap for next year from internationally known astrologer Madeline Gerwig. Find out how to best focus your time and energy for the challenges and opportunities ahead. Call Madeline Gerwig at Polaris Business Guides for a personal or business consultation. Also ask about good timing for important events. Call toll-free 877-524-8300. That's 877-524-8300. Are you one of the millions of frustrated people who can't take off weight or keep it off on a low-fat or low-calorie diet? It's hard, isn't it? Well, don't despair another day. The Sugar-Free Miracle Diet is the answer to your prayers. I'm Karen Bentley, and I lost 130 pounds on this program. I'm also the founder and CEO of the Sugar-Free Miracle Diet Company. Go to SugarFreeMiracle.com, that's SugarFreeMiracle.com, and get started today. A good life is essential, and that's why I listen to HealthyLife.net. And for nutritional support for me and my family, my business goes to HealthyLife.net affiliate, GNC LiveWell. It's the trusted name in the vitamin and supplement industry. And that's essential when you're the one responsible for your good health and the well-being of your family. GNC LiveWell has a multitude of convenient locations near you and is always open on the Internet at GNC.com. GNC LiveWell, the name says it all. Pep it up with positive energy power right here on HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everyone. 
everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. If you want to find out more about us, check us out on our website, www.thedrpatshow.com. Uh, I'm being joined today on air by uh, uh, Laura Preble, who is the author of uh, uh, several books, as I mentioned before. But I want to make sure everyone out there has the website because there is uh, lots here for you to check out including some of the blogs that uh, she has posted, and you'll get to meet the characters in her book, www.queengeeksocialclub.com, queengeeksocialclub.com. You know, Laura, we were talking during break, and, and I think you and I were talking about kind of our own lives growing up and what it was like to be growing up a, a, a little bit different, I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, And this was before... There were such shows as Ugly Betty and Beauty and the Geek. And, you know, you look at the titles of those shows and you think, man, this is like defacing. This is awful. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, the shows were meant to demonstrate a positive perspective for what some people call are a group of of people classified as geeks. And we Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about that. What do you make of the shows, Beauty and the Geek and, the, and Ugly Betty, in terms of what that truly represents for those of us that have been classified as geeks most of our lives? Well, I think it's sort of a double-edged sword because on one hand, it's I think people like to see themselves reflected in media because it makes them feel like they're part of the group. You know, they're part of humanity because you see yourself there on TV. So I think things like Ugly Betty, when you watch her and you see, oh, that's, you know, she's kind of like I am to the extreme, it's nice. But but then there's also this other side of it where they're still putting these people in a box. You know, they're still saying, okay, um, like in Beauty and the Geek, the obvious parallel is Beauty and the, the Beast. Um, and so, you know, are geeks beasts then? Is that what we're supposed to draw from that? So, you know, it's not fair to put those people in a box anyway and uh, and make them, you know, be one thing or another. It's I think it's not uh, for either. You know, it's not good to put the beauties in the box either. There are beauties who are smart and who are not one-dimensional. So it's not really uh, fair to do either of those, I think. And that's what those shows do. I, I, I do think they tend to be kind of one-dimensional in the, in the characterizations of the, of the geeks. Right, because there is no way, form, or fashion that the characters in the book that you've represented are one-dimensional. I mean, that's not who they are. All you need to do is take a trip to the website and take a look at the characters, what they believe in, and what their lives are about. And and reading the books will tell you that as well. Um, Do you believe that we've gone too far uh, with reality television in this way, or do you think it has a place? Well, I, I think that reality television is just generally an excuse for networks to do something on the cheap. I think that's really where it's coming from. So, you know, with the writer's strike, it's very easy. You just get a bunch of people who want to be on TV, and you say, okay, do this, and they do it, and you film it, and there's no writing. Um, so I don't, I'm not a huge fan of reality TV, to be honest with you, because I'm a writer, and I don't, I don't think it's coming from a place that's good generally i know people really like it and i've watched some of it i just you know um so i don't know i don't i just don't think that it's uh i think it i think it kind of abuses people generally i mean if you watch most of those shows they're getting people who are embarrassed in some way i mean 
all of them. I mean, the, you know, survivor, these people are stuck on an island and they have to forage for food and they, you know, somebody gets kicked off and it's all about embarrassment for the most part. Uh, all of them, you know, the bachelor where he picks a girl and the rest of them get dumped and it, it's just, it's almost like people want to watch other people get humiliated, which I, I just don't find fun. Well, I, you know, I often thought about starting a uh, self-esteem camp for all the people on reality shows that get booted <laughs> off. I think that would be You know what I'm saying? You could kind of at the end of the season have the camp, mm-hmm. and then they, all great. of the ones from all of the different shows can come to the camp. Yeah. Uh, well, that's got to be horrible if you're on national TV and pe- you know, people see you get dumped. I think that would be so embarrassing. I mean, they obviously sign up for it knowing that can happen, but I still think it's kind of awful. And I don't think our society really should be spending its energy watching other people get humiliated. <laughs> well, based, well I don't. exactly. And I, and I also think that what we're talking about is looking at uh, people in a way that doesn't really place humiliation in the home of anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you're, you're classified or referred to or you refer to yourself as a geek or some other characteristic, I mean, this is a time to help people, especially young people, mm-hmm. stand tall and empowered. And, and I know that's what you're doing. I just heard a group of, 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 of uh, students uh, on radio and that really talks to your relationship with them. Well, I like to think that I have a good relationship with them. I enjoy, I enjoy being around them, and I think they're teenagers are very, very interesting people because they're not fully formed. You know, they're still open to new ideas, and they're still sort of they're old enough to start realizing what's going on in the world, but they haven't made decisions yet about it necessarily. And that's why I find them very interesting, and I like to write about them for the same reason. You know, as characters. They're totally malleable. They're not finished, you know, teenager characters. They're still growing and, and having experiences. So I, that's why, as a writer, I find them very fun to write. Um, and, you know, I also have unending <laughs> exposure to character types where I work. I mean, I have all kinds of kids come through here. It's a public high school, and we have 2,400 kids. So I meet every kind of person at this school. It's perfect for learning about human nature. And um, so, you know, I, it's, it's a natural match for me. Well, what's interesting is is looking at the reflection um, reflections that we we really look at and embrace in our lives in terms of other people that we see. The question that uh, I, I want to ask you in the wrap-up mm-hmm. is looking at this world and looking at what we have now come to know and love as geeks, what do you hold for the future in terms of their lives and in the change that they'll create. When we come back, we'll have our wrap-up. My special guest today, Laura Preble, joining me here today, uh, the Queen Geek Social Club. Go to the website, queengeeksocialclub.com. Check it out. We'll be right back with our wrap-up.
Learn about symptom-free autism. Hidden beneath each symptom is the answer waiting to be discovered by the intuitive mind. Natural healer and medical intuitive William Lewis is finding the answers. William isn't interested in cures, just the removal of the symptoms which lead to the label or condition so the body can then readjust to a balanced state. William's son was his first long-term success. Call 508-866-2605 or visit AutismSymptomFree.com. Is your cell phone harming your health? Evidence has shown that electropollution can have a devastating effect on our health and may increase our risk for disease and illness. Scientifically validated and patented technologies that neutralize the harmful effects are now available. Email mybiopro at AOL.com or call 503-781-5604. For more information, visit thrive.emf411.com. No triple W in this address. We're HealthyLife.net, reaching and helping a worldwide audience without hype, without shock, and without shenanigans. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. What a great show today. Laura, I want to thank you so much for joining us here today. How fun is this? But more importantly, this is a powerful message. I wanted you to share your thoughts with our listener, listeners today. You know, what is your personal message? Well, I think that, you know, as a person who works with young people all the time, I think I know personally it's very easy to fall into being negative because, you know, the world is kind of a negative place right now. And um, I think it's important, when you, especially when you're working with young people, not to give that negative impression, to try to focus on positive stuff because that's, that's important. Um, it's important to focus on the positive because, you know, because the negative is so out there. And trying to help, it might help myself and help other people and help students and readers focus on what's positive about being different and, and being who you are. I think is, I think that's kind of my personal uh, mission or whatever you want to call it. And I want to do that in a way that will make people laugh because I think that's a great way to accomplish a goal. Well, thank you, Laura Preble. Thank you so much for joining us today. Say hello to all of your students. <laughs> and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you all for tuning in to the Dr. Pat Show, everyone. Make sure that you hold your head up high and step out into the world and live life full out. We'll see you next week.